while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph, Joseph, went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. Placed in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. This is the word of God, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's share the story together. It was just a normal, usual, regular day, just like any other day. I was at home, just going about my daily chores, you know, baking bread, washing dishes, sweeping the floor, those normal things we do every day, when out of nowhere, this stranger appeared. Before I could say anything, he said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Highly favored? The Lord is with me? What in the world was this? I was truly frightened and confused. What was he doing here? What had he to do with me? Then he told me not to be afraid, for I had found favor with God. Then he called me by my name. Mary, don't be afraid. Found favor with God what had I done to find favor with God, at least the kind of favor that warrants a visit from a messenger of God? An angel? I just knew this was an angel from God. Who else could it have been? He was an angel, an angel of the Lord, telling me that I was not to be afraid. He kept on talking, so I didn't really have time to think about it. He said that I was going to conceive a child, a son, and his name was to be Jesus. He will be great, he said. He will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. It was almost too much to comprehend. And then I ask, how can this be happening? I am a virgin. I've never even been with a man. The angel told me that the Holy Spirit would come upon me and the power of the Most High will overshadow me. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God, Jesus. Then he told me that my cousin Elizabeth was six months pregnant. She and Zachariah had given up trying a long time ago and now they were well over age, childbearing years. Nothing is impossible with God, the angel said. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled, I told the angel. 
And with that, he left just as quickly as he had come. He was, he was just gone. It was hard trying to take it all in, all that he had said. It was so much, it was so much to try to fully understand. Out of all the women in the world, God has chosen me to be the mother of his son. Did I really hear the angel correctly? Did I misunderstand what he said? I am going to become pregnant by the Holy Spirit of God? I know that I'm to live according to God's will, that my life is his to use to lead and guide. That's what I told the angel, that I am the Lord's servant and am willing to be used as God has chosen. I'm not even sure I understand all this. I certainly never expected to be spoken to by an angel, an angel of the Lord. But if my cousin Elizabeth was six months pregnant, as the angel said, what a miracle that is. I knew I had to go see her. It may not have been the smartest thing to do. She lives in the hills of Judea, which is south of Jerusalem. It's about 100 miles from Nazareth. It's a several days journey walking, but I just had to go to her. It certainly gave me time to think and process all that had, had transpired. I was pregnant with God's son. What were people going to think? I'm not even married yet. And what about my parents? Will they believe me when I tell them what happened? An angel appeared to me and told me that I would become pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Really? Will they think this is a joke? What about Joseph? Will he still want to marry me? I don't even want to think about telling him. But maybe it's not too much harder than to believe that Elizabeth is pregnant. The angel did say that with God... All things are possible. God, I believe you. But this whole thing is a bit much to take in. Well, when I finally arrived, I greeted Elizabeth with the news. And at that moment, Elizabeth's baby leapt inside her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She was so excited that I was with child, with God's son. The first thing she said to me was, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Babies Elizabeth, babies, Elizabeth's baby leaped inside of her. Even the baby recognized the truth of what was going on in my body. I was bearing the Son of God. God was providing some affirmation here that I needed. This was just too big for me to be the only one to know and understand. Being with Elizabeth was really good for me and for her. To be able to share the changes that one's body goes through with being pregnant, she helped me process all that the angel had told me and to remind me how important and what an honor it was to be the chosen one 
to carry this baby. She too carried a miracle baby inside her. She was so encouraging and affirming. I stayed with her for about three months, and she was going to be giving birth herself soon. I needed to go home. It was going to be another several days to get there, and I needed to get home sooner than later. The walk was not going to be easier the more the baby grew inside of me. Once I started my journey home, the questions continued to rack my brain. What kind of mother was I going to be? How do you parent the Son of God? How do I continue to find favor in God's eyes and continue to be worthy of being his son's mother? How was I going to tell my parents and family and, and, and Joseph? How was I going to tell Joseph? Will he still want to marry me? What were people going to think? God, what is your plan from here? I have traveled many moonless nights, cold and weary, with a baby inside, and I wonder what you've done. Holy Father, you chosen me now to carry your son. I am waiting in silent prayer. I am frightened by the In a world as cold as stone, must I walk this path alone? Be with me now. Be with me now. If a wiser one should have had my place, but I offer all 
needed assurances. Can you blame me? I mean, everything had been so normal. My parents had gotten together with Mary's parents. The negotiations had taken place. The, the bride price had been paid. Everything had gone normal. This community was made aware that the, uh, the parents had made the decision and that Mary and I would be married. They rejoiced. We had a celebration. We had a service. And Mary and I betrothed together, married in the sight of God. At the end of the celebration, at the end of the service, everybody cheered. It was wonderful. They congratulated us. And Mary went with her parents to her home, and I went with my parents to my home. For a year, we would live apart. Mary had much to learn about how to handle a household and how to do all of the things that would be needed once, hopefully, by God's grace, children would come. I still had to finish my, my apprenticeship as a, as a carpenter. I had to build a home. I had to get ready for this union to really come together. And everything was going along just wonderfully. Then I found out that Mary had gone a long distance to see her cousin Elizabeth I guess that was okay. It seemed like a long time to take out of the preparations we needed to do, and we were both working very hard. 
But we had all rejoiced when we found out that Elizabeth and Zechariah, who were way too old to have children, suddenly now were pregnant and they were, she was to have a child. And so I thought, well, I guess it's okay. We can afford a few days, a week or so. One week turned into two, two into three. Mary was gone for months. Maybe it was then that I began to feel uneasy. Finally, she returned. I breathed a sigh of relief, but months had gone by. Preparations, decisions had to be made. And then our parents started getting together. There were hushed conversations in other places, and I was not invited. Something was wrong. Finally, my parents sat me down. And before they could even speak, I said, I know something's wrong. Tell me now. Tell me now. And my parents began to relate this story that Mary was telling, that she had told her parents and that her parents had told mine. Mary was pregnant. <laughs> I was crushed. It was the worst day of my life. How could you do this? Who had done this? How had this happened? Was this Elizabeth's fault? Was this something that happened when she went and spent all of those months? Did I know the person that had slept with her, that had defiled her? I was angry. I was confused. And then my parents told me that Mary was adamant with a story that she had not been unfaithful to me. And I said, that's a little hard to believe. She said that she had remained a virgin, that she continued to be a virgin, and that an angel had visited her. Come on, folks, an angel? Would you have believed it? It was too fanciful a story, too strange, too out of the unusual, out of the norm. We were supposed to get married, live together after we were married, after we had prepared, have children, have a nice life. What was this? I was still crushed. The story seemed <laughs> way too strange. Why would God do something like that to Mary? Well, mind you, Mary's a wonderful woman, and I love her, and I think she's more special than anyone. But if I was honest, she isn't any different than a lot of other young ladies in Nazareth. Why? Why would God do this? I, I, I couldn't believe it. For that matter, why would he choose me to be a part of this? <laughs> I'm nothing special either. My parents and I talked through the day, into the night, the next day, into the night, trying to come to grips with what this meant. Finally, I told my parents, I have no choice. I have to break this covenant. We must be divorced. I didn't do anything wrong. I cannot bear her shame. She must bear it alone. And so I went to bed that night, 
having determined the next day to quietly divorce her. I didn't want to make a public fuss about it. She would have a hard enough time trying to explain what had happened. I didn't want to add to her difficulties. Sleep that night was fitful at best. I tossed, I turned, I slept, I awoke. It was in the wee hours of the morning when I think I finally fell fast asleep. When suddenly, I had this dream. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't always remember my dreams. But this one, it was so vivid and so strong and so powerful. It was as if I was awake, even though I knew I was asleep. And suddenly in this dream, God is speaking to me, to me. I, I'm not a prophet. I'm not someone to whom God speaks. Matter of fact, my father has never known a prophet. His father has never known a prophet. It's been hundreds of years since we had a prophet. No one to whom God has spoken directly to speak to others. And here, in my dream, God is speaking to me. Me. And he told me that I should marry. And I, I said, believe her? And the voice of God, the voice spoke to me and said, yes, for Mary is with child by the Holy Spirit. She has not done anything wrong. She has been chosen by me to bear my son. The Holy Spirit has overshadowed her. And she is now with child. As soon as the voice of God stopped, I awoke and shot up in bed. And as soon as I awoke, I knew that the dream was real. It was not something that I had imagined, that suddenly I recognized that God was speaking to me and that Mary was telling the truth and we were to have this child. I couldn't wait. It was before dawn. It was, it was before the sun had arisen. And I, I, I jumped out of bed. I ran out of the house. I ran over to where Mary's house, to her parents. I know this was break with tradition and that I shouldn't be doing it, but I had to talk to her. I had to let her know what had happened. She came to the window and I told her, I said, I've had a dream, Mary, and God has spoken to me. And I know what you're saying is true. And I know what you're saying is real. And I believe you. And I believe you. And I believe that you have been faithful to me. And you've been faithful to God. And she rejoiced with me as we celebrated the fact that God had spoken to both of us. And I said, what shall we name the child? And instantaneously at the same time we said, Jesus. It was another assurance that this was what God had intended. We had challenges yet to overcome. Almost immediately, we decided that we would move in together. The year of separation was almost over. It was supposed to be approximately in the, a year anyway, so no one in the community thought anything about it when the two of us came together and lived in the house that I had built during the months that we had been preparing since the betrothal. We came together. 
The community celebrated what they believed was a consummation of our relationship. Mary and I decided, however, that she had gotten pregnant as a virgin. She would deliver this child as a virgin. And that for us, this was what we agreed to. This, we believed, was the will of God. But what we were going to do to announce this pregnancy, <laughs> the dates didn't add up. So we decided that as soon as we possibly could, we would make the announcement that Mary was pregnant. At least that would cover a little bit if she started to show and she was getting ready to start to show. And so the community rejoiced with us, believing that she had conceived on the night that we had come together to consume the marriage. But now it was getting later on. She was starting to show too much. Someone in the village was going to add up the math and realize that this didn't quite add up. And suddenly we got word. Word from the Roman government that they were going to require a census to be taken throughout all of Israel. And that in order to take the census, we all had to go to our ancestral homes. All the grumbling in our community. People said, how do I pack? How long are we going to be gone? How much is this going to take? How do we get all the children and all of their stuff? How are we going to eat? What are we going to do to survive? How are we going to travel all these distances? Everybody complained about this Roman edict that came down. Everybody, except for Mary and I, we said to ourselves, isn't this amazing that God is giving us this assurance that he is moving even the Roman world, the, the Roman Caesar, the governor, to do this census so that we can get out of Nazareth without anybody seeing how far along Mary really is and without, after having the baby, counting the months backward and realizing it doesn't add up. One more assurance from God. How much assurance can one person take? And so I packed up Mary and we made the long and, in her condition, difficult trip to Bethlehem, to the ancestral home of David so that we could have a child. Oh my, what assurance God gives. What a relief. What a relief it was when Joseph told me about the angel appearing to him in his dream. The Lord already had a plan. The Lord is so good. God will make a way. Why do I keep questioning what is going on? I told the angel, let it be with me as you said. Now with the census being required, we had to go to Bethlehem. Though it wasn't as far to Bethlehem as it was to Elizabeth, it was still over 70 miles. I had already made that journey once and back and pregnant. Now I had to do it again, even more pregnant. 
We did not make great time. I kept needing to stop and rest. At least I wasn't alone this time. Joseph was very caring and patient. When we finally arrived in Bethlehem, there were so many people everywhere. And by now, I was in labor. It was obvious the baby was on its way. Joseph finally found a place for us to have some privacy. He made a comfortable makeshift bed for me out of straw. Not a place where one would expect to give birth to any baby, let alone God's son. And there we lay Jesus in a manger. God's son was born. No one else was there. Just Joseph and me and the baby. We were resting, and Jesus was finally asleep. I was contemplating what our next step was to be. What were we to do now? We weren't sure we wanted to go back to Nazareth at this time. I thought about how Hannah, after giving birth to Samuel, took him to the temple to be raised there, as she had promised God she would do. Is that what we should do with Jesus? Take him to be raised in the temple? Joseph and I were certainly not special people, not special parents. But to take him to the temple, this precious little helpless baby, how could we do that? Why wasn't he delivered to a royal household? If he is to be given the throne of David and reign over the house of Judah, shouldn't he be with royalty? But God found favor with me. What had I done that he found favor with me above other women? I do not know. But he chose me as the mother of his son. He will provide. Some commotion outside interrupted my thoughts. And there came some shepherds. Shepherds who had been out on the hillside watching their sheep. They were dirty and smelly shepherds. They said they were looking for a baby. A baby lying in a manger. They told us their amazing story of an angel appearing to them. And the glorious light that had shone around them. And the angel telling them not to be afraid. Angels again. That sounds familiar. This is really important for God to be sending his messengers to shepherds too. He had told them he had good news. Wonderful, joyous news. News for all people. The Savior is born today in David's city, Bethlehem. He is Christ the Lord, the Messiah. This is the sign that they would find a baby, a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. Suddenly, they said there was a multitude of angels in the night sky singing and praising God. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth and goodwill to men. The angels had told the shepherds about us. Here, in this place, in Bethlehem. They told them about this child that I gave birth to this very night. 
After the angels left them, the shepherds decided to come see what the Lord had made known to them. The shepherds came, they found the baby, and they bowed down in front of the Christ child. They worshipped him and gave honor to him. Jesus, this child, they affirmed once again that this is the Son of God. What a miraculous thing to happen. The baby Jesus, who the angel promised to me those many months ago, is indeed here to change the world. All my back and forth between praising God for what he is doing and yet questioning so much out of my own uncertainty, I have indeed been a part of God's almighty plan. He used me to bring about a miracle. God has always had a plan, and I was included in that plan. Every time I doubted, he gave me assurances that I needn't worry. It has been many months now since the angel first appeared to me to tell me that I would conceive this child by the Holy Spirit. He gave me affirmation and assurance when I visited Elizabeth, and the baby inside her leaped, and she blessed me as the mother of the Lord. I received assurance again when Joseph told me that he was visited by an angel in his dream. And once again, this night, the shepherds have once again provided me with the assurance that what God had said would come to pass was indeed happening. They, were away, they went away from us proclaiming to all they met all that they had heard and seen about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. The shepherds were another important assurance to me that God has fulfilled his promises to me and to all of Israel. I will treasure these words and I will ponder these things in my heart for the rest of my life. You would think all of these assurances would make us feel absolutely confident about what God was doing. But we're human, just like you. The days wore on. Routine started. Questions began. Mary and I made the decision to stay in Bethlehem for a while, after all, we didn't want to rush back to Nazareth. Again, people do the math, and we didn't want them to do that. So we figured if we stayed in Nazareth for a while after the census was over, that would be perfect and would cover the time gap. And it wasn't hard to find housing after the rush of the census was gone and people left. There was plenty of housing available in Bethlehem, and as a carpenter, I could, I could make a living. And that close to Jerusalem, people passing by on their way to Jerusalem for the festivals, for the high feasts every few months. There was lots of work for a carpenter to do. Lots of work for Mary to do in raising our child. And we fell into the routine. Day in and day out. The same. The questions. 
they began to creep in. Had we really, really, really understood what God was saying? Where were we to go from this point? How were we to go now? It seemed that everything that God had told us kind of ended at this moment. Were we just supposed to set up shop in Bethlehem or go back to Nazareth or <coughs> just go on with our lives? As we wondered about these and pondered these and the questions began, there was a buzz in the town. I began to ask what the issue was and we heard that there were strangers who had come to Jerusalem and had an audience with Herod and that the whole town was a buzz about what they were saying. Something about a king and they had come from the east. Not everybody was sure. But it was disturbing. We wondered what it meant. One evening we were in the house and we had tried to put Jesus down for bed that night and Jesus was fussy, which was unusual for him. It wasn't that he was crying or wailing, it's just that he wasn't going to sleep. I wanted him to go to sleep. I, I had a lot to do the next few days. I, I needed him to sleep. I, Mary was tired. She needed him to sleep. And nothing that we did would put Jesus to sleep. And as we're trying to get him fully awake, as though he was waiting for something, we heard a commotion outside the door of the house. I got up to investigate and find out what it was. And when I opened the door, there in front of the house was a whole group of men and animals and servants. And they were standing there looking at the house. I went outside to ask what they were looking for. And they began to tell me a story as fantastic as the story Mary had once told me when she said she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. These men, it was obvious they were not Jews. They told us that they were from the east, that they had seen the star in the sky and that they had followed it first to Jerusalem and now to here. <coughs> they took me out. They pointed at the star and they say, see, that's the star. And it's over your house. Do you have a child? Do you have a son that has been born recently? Before I could even answer, Mary had appeared at the doorway with Jesus in her arms, still wide awake. Immediately, all the men and servants bowed before him. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't prepared for their reaction to Well, to, to my son, Mary came out, and they began to tell us all that had happened, all that had taken place. I marveled. God had not only put something in the sky, he had moved men who were no longer, who never were a part of Israel to come and to say just to us, to give us assurance that this child was indeed what we had believed and understood. How much more assurance can one man have? Before they left, they opened some gifts 
and gave them to us and said, these are for you. These are for the child. Use them as you see fit. And with that, they were gone, going to make camp outside of the city, outside of Bethlehem. And they said they would be returning home the next day. By now, Jesus was fast asleep in Mary's arms. Back into the house, we went into the bedroom. We laid him, and well, Mary and I didn't even talk. It was too overwhelming. We both went to sleep, and that night, just as it happened so many months ago, I was awakened in a dream. And this voice of God, the same voice that had told me to take Mary, told me to get up and take the child and go to Egypt. The next morning, when Mary and I awoke, I told her of the dream. And I said, Mary, I don't think we have much time here. The voice of the, of the angel, the voice of God was urgent. I think we need to leave today. We packed up our meager belongings. We, we didn't have much. And we began to plan the journey ahead to Egypt to retrace the steps of Joshua and Moses as they had led us out of the homeland of Egypt so many centuries ago, this time in reverse. I wondered aloud, I guess, as we were packing things, how we would survive, how we could pay for all of this, when Mary reminded me that we had gifts that the, that the strangers had given, and we opened the gifts for the first time and to our amazement, there it was, gold, gold, frankincense, myrrh. These things were so valuable. We would never have to want for all the time we would be in Egypt. Once again, God had provided for us exactly what we needed. How much assurance do you need <laughs> to follow the will of God? No matter how much you need. God will give it to you again, and again, and again, and again. When I visited Elizabeth, I said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, not because of what I have done, but because of what God has done. God is faithful. God has a plan. God will make a way. If only we stay in his will, God sent angels to proclaim what God is going to do. God gave me the assurances of continued guidance and the faithfulness as I visited Elizabeth, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, and her baby leapt inside her. And again, assurance as Joseph is visited by an angel to confirm what happened to me and to carry on with our plans to marry. Then also, when shepherds saw the angels that night who sent them to find the baby Jesus. 
the Savior of the world. When we took Jesus to the temple to present it to the Lord for purification, there were further assurances to us of God's continued guidance. We met Simeon. He was an old man to whom it had been revealed that he would not die before seeing the Lord's Messiah. He entered the temple guided by the Holy Spirit. He took the baby Jesus in his arms, declaring that now he had seen the salvation of the Lord and prepared in the presence of the people a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to the people of Israel. Then there was the prophet Anna, who worshipped in the temple every day. She came and praised God for the child. And everyone there, that was the redemption of Jerusalem. That he was the redemption of Jerusalem and all Israel. There continued to be assurances to me all along the way. God is faithful. God will make a way and fulfill his plan. We can trust him. Mary and I must go. We have a long way to travel. But before we go, we wanted to share this story with you, the good people of Bethlehem. You have meant much to us, and we have been grateful for all of you. We give this to you as a testimony of what God has done, of what God can do. We will not be with you, but we hope that your journey, like ours, will be a journey toward what God wants in your life. Mary, get, get the baby. I am here to once again testify and witness to this truth that if you need assurances, if you need to know whether you are walking in the path that God has determined for you, may I remind you of all the assurances that God has given to us. Angels, shepherds, pregnant women, babies leaping, wise men, strangers from the east, a star in the sky. Everything that we have ever needed, God has provided. Whatever path you are on, whatever journey you take, I pray, O people of Bethlehem, that you will follow. Follow the will of God and let him give you his assurances. Amen.